are listening to Three Kitchens, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Join your hosts Aaron Walker, Heather Dyer, and Sarah Soma Sundaram. What's cooking, ladies? This episode of Three Kitchens podcast is brought to you by Inventures, your front row seat to what's next. Register now for Inventures 2022, where you can learn. Share and be inspired by the startups, entrepreneurs, investors, and global thought leaders who are redefining the future. InVentures runs June 1st to 3rd in Calgary and online, featuring more than 150 sessions, over 250 speakers, international keynotes, expert panels, startup pitch events, networking opportunities, and more. Reserve your pass now at InVenturesCanada.com. That's I-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S Canada.com. Welcome to Three Kitchens. I'm Heather Dyer. I'm here with my friends, my co-hosts, Aaron Walker. Hello, Heather. And hello. Oh, and sorry. Sarah said hello before I could <laughs> even introduce her. <laughs> That's Sarah Soma Sundaram over there. Hello. Great pronunciation. Yay! I was looking for the validation. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned something new and I want, and I thought it was really interesting. And if you guys already know this, then we'll just cut it and go right to Heather's bit. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe somebody else out there in the universe also didn't know this. Mm -hmm. But I learned a little bit about maple trees and maple harvesting to get syrup. Mm -hmm. I listened to a podcast called Meat and Three on the Heritage Radio Network. And it's food news and storytelling. And so they kind of take a topic and then go into different avenues on it. And so recently they had one about maple syrup harvesting and I didn't realize this, but it's actually done in the spring. Did you know this? I thought it was a fall activity. Yeah, you often hear about it in the snow. So I wasn't sure if it was like winter or I guess spring there's still snow. Yeah. When you see photos of it or whatever, it's mm -hmm. usually they look like they're tapping it when there's snow on the ground. Yeah. And so I guess it's done in the spring after the maple trees have gone into hibernation. When it starts to heat up again in the spring, they tap into the maple trees and they get the syrup which is actually the the sap going from the roots up into the leaves and that's what would feed the buds mm. to start in the spring so I didn't know that for some reason I always associated it with winter or fall yeah. maybe because we use those flavors a lot in winter and fall too I don't know anyway mm. it happens in the spring who knew? Oh, I never even thought about it. However, when we prune our tree, we know not to do it in the spring. So I guess that makes sense because of the sap, right? Yeah, pruning, tree pruning is usually takes place over the winter. So I guess, I guess if you kind of think about it, it makes sense that the sap would be in the spring. But no, I never thought about it. That's yeah. good to know. I thought it was really interesting. So they were talking about a big maple festival that they have down in Vermont. Mm -hmm. Oh, when can we go? Oh, right. I, I want to go. It was like a month ago. So we're already uh, late this year. So I think we should just book our tickets for next year. Yes. Oh my God. That'd be so fun. It sounds like so much fun. <laughs> Even though I've always wanted to go to Vermont in the fall. Right. So, but this festival <laughs> is in the spring, I, I this guess. This festival right? is in the spring. It just happened, I believe in March or, oh, right, or so. Right. They, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, it's different every year because thaw comes about at different times. 
but um, just some general stuff about maple syrup. Maple syrup was first um, used by Indigenous people in North America. Mm. And the maple trees are native to Canada and the United States. And so it was then adopted by the European settlers who came and then started figuring out better ways to harvest the syrup and increase production. What, hanging a bucket on a tree with a spigot? Well, <laughs> maybe that's not how they do it. It's not how they do it anymore. So you know what? I would say the photo that you think of when it comes to maple harvesting is the bucket on a tree. Yeah. Right. yeah. But now they actually have... So in the 1970s, they started increasing output by actually running tubing and tapping tubing into the tree and then it all flows down from and it collects it in like a common area so it's actually tubed out of the trees like a a tree catheter That sounds awful. Even though we are a Canadian podcast, none of this happens really around where we are in Canada because we are such a big, wide country. Um, 70% of the world's maple syrup comes from Mm -hmm. Quebec in Canada. I heard there was a shortage this year. Did they talk about that? So they were talking about a little bit to do with climate change making it Mm -hmm. more unpredictable. Okay. And so I guess the production of maple syrup or sap in these uh, trees depends on them going into full dormancy. And then when they come out again, they start producing sap. And so if we have, if it doesn't get as cold or things like that, then it's more unpredictable, Mm. I believe. That makes sense. Because the trees are confused. Aren't we all? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. All of us creatures are confused. Well, that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I would say the flavor, a oh. maple flavor ties oh. in very nicely to what I'm going to be making oh, for you. Oh, yes, it is. That's right. Oh. And I don't even know for sure if maple syrup would be in this recipe, but you'll know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. in terms of the flavors are very compatible when I start talking. Well, my tummy does because it's making noise and saying hello. Gurgle, gurgle. So I had this thought that I want to make bacon jam because bacon jam is just a thing of delicious beauty. Yes. And especially on a burger in my mind. So I used to buy it um, like a condiment to put on burgers at the store. I I think I bought like the PC brand at Superstore, but oh. I haven't bought it in a long time and I kind of forgotten about it. And then for some reason, I don't even know why it occurred to me that I hadn't bought it in a while. And then I was like, why don't I just make it? Why am I buying this? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you can just make it. So if you've never had it, I have never had it. Okay. So yeah, I've never had this it is blowing my, my mind. Please tell us. Picture it. I was almost going to say like the golden girls thing. Picture it. Sicily, 1935. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Sophia. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Picture bacon. Nice, Uh smoky, crispy bacon and caramelized onions. Put them together. Okay. Gooey, sticky, sweet, salty. That's why I'm thinking maple fits right in with these flavors. So perhaps perhaps sometimes these recipes have whiskey or bourbon with the maple bacon onion business. So um, I haven't exactly picked a recipe, but there's many options. And I just have to, this sometimes is the hardest part of this is just picking which route to go with it. Yeah. Because there's so many different ways you could make something. And they all sound good. Speaking of both the things that you guys spoke about, one of my favorite donuts is um, 
uh, donuts with maple glaze and mm. bacon on it. Yeah. Maple cream, actually. Maple cream with bacon on it. Oh. And I saw a recipe for bacon maple cookies mm. that I was like, oh my God. It's like, think of like sweet and savory. Yeah, like breakfast yeah. when you've got the bacon and the maple Ooh. syrup on the plate and it all kind That's of runs right. together, right? Yeah. I do this for Christmas with a brie cheese. I cook mm. up bacon, onions, and then I added maple syrup and I thicken it and then I plop it on top of a brie cheese that's been scored, yeah. mm-hmm. put it in the oven and do the baked brie thing. You can just put your bacon jam. Now I can just put bacon jam on it. Your brie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with the bacon jam, what is the consistency that when you have bought that from the store and what color is it? It's brown, very thick. Does well, it have chunks of thick. bacon yes. in it then and, and onions? onions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not like a white bacon fat kind of oh, no, um, no, no. color. Okay. Okay. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. It's like dark, like caramelized onions can get quite dark. And right. I think like balsamic caramelized onions, bacon, it's all quite a dark, like, and it's thick enough that you could like spoon it on your burger and it's not going to run off. Okay. It's like a relish kind of mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't know if I can contain my excitement for this. Like, <laughs> you look a little like in shock. I just—you ever have that feeling like you've been missing out on something your whole life, yes. and then you find out what it is? Where it has was this bacon been jam? My whole it's life. It's been bacon I jam. I didn't okay. know about this. So now I thought I can't just make you jam and give you a spoon. I mean, I could because <laughs> it's could. that tasty. But I decided I'm gonna make something to put it on, and that is a fried chicken sandwich. Woohoo! You're speaking my language. Oh my God. Okay. This this part of it is causing me a little bit of anxiety only because I've never actually fried chicken. And for a sandwich, you're not frying chicken on the bone. You're frying a boneless piece of chicken. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I want to try, even though I've never eaten Korean fried chicken, I want to try because I keep hearing about Korean fried chicken. I want to try to do it that way in order to get it super crispy. You've never tried it? I thought you've tried it. You've never tried it? I've never had it. I feel like I've eaten it in my dreams. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly how it tastes like. That's exactly how it tastes like. Sarah shared with me a recipe. I don't actually know where it's from. I think it's from a book. Yeah. That's okay. We can mention it in the second okay. half if I use it. And then yeah. I've also seen instructions. You know the website Serious Eats? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They often have like very detailed instructions, the science behind things, really helpful stuff. Well, it's serious. Yeah, it is serious, (laughs) but I always find them really helpful because they're very detailed and they talk about, I tried this and it didn't quite work. So I did that. And what you could do is this. And then one of the suggestions in this to get a very crispy piece of chicken is to fry it once, freeze it for two hours, fry it again the second time. Mm. I like that. Also recommended brining the chicken in uh, either kimchi uh, or pickle juice to get that extra salty right. moisture in the meat. Now, when you say kimchi, when they say brining it in kimchi, then would you sort of blend the kimchi up to make? <laughs> I, I don't actually know. Oh, they didn't say anything about it? You know, the dog in the Grinch when he's like on the back of the sled and he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was Heather's mm-hmm. face with the little arms up going, I don't oh. know. <laughs> I wondered about that too, Sarah, because it's not a liquid. Kimchi is right. not a liquid. Right. So it's like a sauerkraut. I would call yeah, it more of a perhaps. marinade than a brine. 
I have another brine that I that I really love as well for chicken, but um, I'm gonna have to just I'm gonna have to make a decision. This is the thing that always gets me at this first part of the episode. Yeah. Is that I haven't decided. I have yes. to just I have to choose something and I gotta commit and then I just dumped out a jar of pickle juice. I really considered yeah. keeping it. I was like, should I just keep this jar of pickle juice in my fridge? Next time the answer to that is yes. I've heard about chicken with pickle juice, but I didn't honestly think about what you do with it. I didn't know mm. that it was a brine method. Mm. Like I was like, what the heck are you doing with that liquid? To, are you boiling your chicken? Like what are you doing with <laughs> right. it? Right. So you're just letting it sit in it. I will on the second half, I will tell you whatever I, it is I decide to do. Exactly. I, I love that tip about um, frying it and then freezing it for two hours because you can just freeze it for longer, right? And then whenever you want to serve this burger, you just fry it up again. You're halfway there. You're halfway More than there. halfway because you've and so brined and you've fried it once. All you got to mm -hmm. do is one more dip and fry. Right? Oh, I love this idea. Okay. Can you leave it in your freezer for longer than two hours? Or Why not? Yeah, or are you trying to not totally freeze the chicken? But even if you defrosted it a little bit, like in your fridge, if it was too hard or whatever, still by this time that you want to eat. I'm interested to see eat... what they say about that because it could make it too soggy if you let it sit out. Oh, right? I see. You know, I if see. you if you totally freeze that chicken, you might have some moisture issues. I don't know. Questions good that Heather question. will answer because yeah. she's going to make this so good. I'm going to figure that out. <laughs> and we're going to have fried chicken sandwiches with bacon jam. Oh my God. This sounds mm -hmm. so good. Bacon, bacon jam sounds like a slippery slope. And um, I've got my toboggan ready. <laughs> it's another one of those things that Erin's going to say is a is a kitchen staple, a staple yeah. in her kitchen. And then pretty soon you're not going to have room for anything else but all the lemons right. and the ube jam and the all the things that you. You know how your door is always full of condiments. <laughs> yeah, this is why, because yeah. all of those things become things that you can't live without. You're welcome from Three Kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for you. We've got all the things. We've got all the zhuzh. Wish me luck, everybody. Good thoughts for Good part luck. two. <laughs> Keep a lid nearby when you're cooking with oil. And an oven mitt. And your oven mitts. Right. All Learned the safety this. stuff that we've That's learned. Right. And no long sleeves. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to talk about the time I set myself on fire. <laughs> no, no, we don't have to talk about that. With PodPower, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a PodPower shout out to CJSR Presents High Level Hip Hop. It's a deep dive into Edmonton's hip hop scene and the artists helping shape it. The show takes a unique approach to introducing listeners to the OGs and young bloods of Edmonton's hip hop scene. The show is aimed at those who love local music but might not have had a chance to fall in love with the city's surprisingly diverse hip-hop scene. Each episode features an interview with a local artist, plus a fresh track they recorded at CJSR. Check out episodes with Arlo Maverick, Please Be Nice, and more throughout the season. High Level Hip Hop is produced by CJSR, Edmonton's campus and community radio station. Download it wherever you find podcasts and at highlevelhiphop.transistor.fm. Okay, <clears throat> should we talk about chicken sandwiches and bacon jam yes yes all right so let's get into it let's first talk about bacon jam because that's where i started and if you want to make this you need kind of need to make that in advance right um okay 
So there are lots of recipes. They're all kind of the same. Some have different seasoning, some have whiskey, some don't, you know. Mm -hmm. So I ended up on the kitchen.com, K-I-T-C-H-N.com. And it is a recipe, but what you're looking for is how to make boozy bacon jam. That's the Mm. actual blog post they've got there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more of a tutorial than, I mean, it is a recipe, but I think they're more talking about how to make it. And so you can kind of Mm. make it the way you want to make it, I'd say. So what I did, I followed theirs, which was a pound of bacon cut into one inch pieces. You're going to slowly crisp that on medium heat and then remove it from the pot. So you're doing that first. Okay. Leave about two tablespoons of fat. I did not measure it. I just got some of the fat out, left some in. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it too much. You're going to slice up one large onion, cut it in half and then slice it. Add that to your bacon fat on low heat and caramelize. Okay. Ah. So you're, you know, when you caramelize an onion, you kind of stir it frequently and keep an eye on it so they don't get too dark. Okay. You don't want them crispy. You want no. them soft and caramelized. Then deglaze your pan. Oh, And in my notes, I forgot to write the amounts of bourbon and balsamic. I think it was about half a cup of bourbon to deglaze a pan, a splash of balsamic vinegar. Okay. I wouldn't worry too much about your amount there. Kind of deglaze your pan, add some black pepper. Again, I didn't measure it. I think they said a tablespoon or something, but I think you can just kind of put some pepper in there. You know me. Kind of throwing True some stuff form. in there, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> but go to the website if you want, like very specific. Uh, we'll we'll link to it. Okay. Now, in their instructions, they don't say when to add the bacon back in. <laughs> At one point, oh. I was like, when do I add the bacon? <laughs> um, so after I deglazed it, I put the bacon back in. I assume that's when you want to do it. Okay. Uh, and then you're simmering it for a few minutes until it gets kind of thick and jammy. Okay. okay. Then take it out, put it in your food processor and pulse it a few times just to kind of break it up. Yeah. You want it to be spreadable, but, but chunky. Okay. Mm. Okay. And I think you can kind of do it to the way you think you want it to be. Right. Thick cut bacon is always going to be, there's chunk, there's chewy bacon bits in there. You're not going to get like, it's not a true jam. Yeah. You want, I mean, they call it jam, but it's more like, I don't even know how like a chutney almost like it's mm-hmm. more of a thicker chunkier mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bacon salsa thing. like a salsa yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so don't worry if it doesn't look like what you think jam should look like because you're right. going to have those chunky bacon you want that chewy bacon in there right. right okay so then you can put it in the fridge for up to a month but warm it a little bit before you serve it mm, yeah. okay because because the way the fat solidifies right a little chunkier than you want <laughs> i think if it was too cold all right, so that's your that's your bacon jam. Do we want to talk about whether you liked it now or do you want to wait no. until no? Wait okay. till <laughs> the whole thing. Okay. Sarah can't wait to hear about this frying business, I think. <laughs> oh. Like she's just like she's at the edge of her seat. Like I keep am. going, keep going. Keep going. Talk about the chicken. Okay. <laughs> okay. So again, I was looking at multiple sources. I was reading all kinds of things about how to fry in sort of the Korean style fried chicken. Some of them say to fry it twice. Some of them don't mention frying it twice. Some say to freeze it in between frying it twice. Some don't, I don't know. It's like, right. there's and a this lot. Was, this was also because you wanted to make something that complemented the bacon jam, right? Yes, yeah. So I wanted something to serve it on. And so what I did was, 
I followed a couple of different things. Okay. On SeriousEats.com, there is a recipe called Kenji's Kimchi Brined Fried Chicken Sandwich. Mm-hmm. I kind of adapted my brine from this recipe brine. So mm-hmm. we can put it in the show description the way I did it, or you can just, you know, use this as your guide and make it the way you want. So right. here's what I ended up doing. A cup of buttermilk, half a cup of pickle juice, one egg, um, roughly three garlic cloves smashed, one and a half teaspoons kosher salt, a tablespoon of soy sauce, three tablespoons of sweet chili sauce, and black pepper. I didn't measure, but again, sprinkle it on in there. Uh-huh. And I brined my chicken thighs, boneless, skinless chicken thighs. Um, my plan was overnight, and I ended up, they were in there for like 48 hours. Okay. It, was, it became two days because I did oh, it the right. next day. I was going to make them Friday, and then I was like, oh, Friday kind of got away from me. And I was right. like, and it no, was I'm not. windy out. It was, it was crazy windy. windy. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't want to fry outside that day. So they ended up sitting in there until Saturday morning. I don't know if it makes any difference at all. I have no idea. But anyway, that's what I did. <laughs> then uh, some of the recipes say to dredge, like, you know, a dry flour cornstarch thing. Some of them you make kind of a batter yeah. to dump okay. chicken in yeah. and then fry it. So I followed the batter from the, Sarah, the recipe Sarah sent me. Mm. It's called Koreatown Fried Chicken. The cookbook is called Koreatown, and it's by Dookie Hong and Matt Rodbird. Okay, there you go. So we will we'll link to it if we can. And if we can't, we'll just type out in the notes because it's, it's a short little recipe for the batter that you dip the chicken in. Okay. And that is half a cup of cornstarch, half a cup of flour, half a teaspoon of baking powder, a teaspoon of kosher salt, half a cup of vodka or soju, mm-hmm. and half a cup of ice water. Okay. So you know I used vodka. Because that's right. what I always got vodka on hand. Yeah. And the rest of it I followed. So so it was like a one for the batter, one, two for me sort of deal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drink while frying in hot oil. I would just like to Good. say. <laughs> that's, probably a, that's probably a safer way to do it. Yeah. Yes. I think uh, that would have been dangerous. And then I had my setup on the barbecue outside. I had my hot plate, my electric hot plate with the barbecue open it was all sitting in there and everything all set up and my my husband walked by and went well that looks dangerous <laughs> <laughs> i was like um but i had my oven mitts and my lid there you go nearby but i will tell you it was difficult to maintain temperature of the oil outside right oh right yeah um it was kind of cool it wasn't like a it wasn't super windy it wasn't cold but it was kind of a cool day and it made it really difficult to maintain the temperature of that mm-hmm oil so my i did my first fry outside i did the second in the house oh you did okay Okay. it was just way easier to maintain the temperature on my gas stove inside okay i'm used to cooking that's what i did fry it where you want i say first fry you're taking you've got it out of your brine kind of let it you know drip off and then put it into the kind of batter which is really thin it's not like it's not mm-hmm. like it's sticking to it. Right. It's kind of, it looks like, well, is this going to do anything? It just coats it lightly almost. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a light coating on it. And then it goes, you're frying it. The instructions, I think, say about two minutes per side, kind of flip it over. I just kind of went by color, mm-hmm. honestly. It was like, you want it to be very lightly browned the first time around. And I took pictures so you can see, we can post the pictures where we've got 
the first fry and the second fry, you can see it's quite a bit darker the second time. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you're just, you're frying it till it's lightly brown, taking it out, putting it on a rack, you know, like a wire rack to drip off. And then once it's cooled, I just covered the entire thing with foil and put it in my freezer for the two hours. Okay. Then I did the second fry, like I said, in the house. I used the same oil. I had just put the lid on and saved it and used it again, which I think also contributes to the dark color Mm -hmm. the second time around, because if your oil, you know, your oil's a little bit darker now. By the time I got to the piece I used for my photo, that piece of chicken looks quite dark in our photos because (laughs) (laughs) it was like the last piece I fried. I was like, wow, it looks so much darker. And I I fried it till I thought it looked good. Then I took it out. I used my internal meat thermometer and checked the temperature, internal temperature to make sure it was, I think it's 165 is what chicken is supposed to be. If I'm remembering right, my thermometer has a handy little, little picture of a chicken. I can just choose. (laughs) Oh, cute. Oh, nice. (laughs) So I know I've hit the right thing, but it's quick. It's quick. Right. It's quick. And a thigh is quite thin. You're not looking at like a big, thick chicken breast, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So they cook up pretty quick. Can I ask, you don't re-batter it when you double fry it. It's just frying the same batter again. You just fry it again. And did the chicken breasts or the chicken pieces freeze all the way through? I would say no. Okay. Those were my two questions. Yeah. They were not like, you know, like a solid frozen piece of meat. They were just very cold. Okay. Okay. So I put it on a bun with the bacon jam. And there was a pickle. Very important pickle. One little secret ingredient I'm waiting to hear if you guys detected it. So let's hear what you thought of your chicken sandwich. All right, let me let me get my my opinions out of the way. Um, <laughs> it's not really an opinion. My dad had this friend from Japan who shared his philosophy about trying food for the first time. You always have to try it twice to make sure that you like it or dislike it. So I think you should make this again for me. (laughs) (laughs) Really? It's because you don't know if you liked it? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Everything about it. That bacon jam. Wow. Love the bourbon in it. I I really like eating anything made with bourbon. Like it's become like a staple in the pantry. It's It's become our thing. It's the thing I accessory that we all need all of a sudden i just wish my husband would stop drinking the bourbon Mm. i keep (laughs) drinking it now i can drink (laughs) look what's happened to us (laughs) Uh, and the chicken was beautiful and so you're asking me about the secret ingredient now i wish i i wish i looked at it better but there was mayo in it right and was it with salted lemons yeah I really, really enjoyed this burger and I took my time to eat it and savor it because I knew I was just getting one and I just got one <laughs> listener, just one. And uh, it was just a uh, comfort. Mm, I only had one as well. So let's just, it's not like I ate all the burgers and only <laughs> gave you one. She drank all the vodka and all the bourbon and ate yeah. all the burgers. <laughs> It was a good night. Uh, yeah. really good, night. <laughs> good Heather's still alive this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you could just, as I said before, just freeze this and then take it out for a party or something and then refry it 
at that point and serve these burgers to your guests because I, I believe be you can. And okay. here's why before we get to Aaron, I'll quickly just tell you my husband wasn't able to eat the chicken on the day that we were eating the chicken. Mm. So I kept two thighs. When I took the rest out of the freezer, I just wrapped those ones in foil and pop just left them in the freezer. Okay. Yeah. And by the time he was able to eat the chicken, it was frozen solid for sure. Okay. And I, I don't know. I didn't know. I'm like, should I like let them sit out? Should they warm up? Should that, what should I do? And I was like, I told him it's kind of an experiment. We're just going to go with it. I put them right into the oil cold, like right from the freezer. Mm -hmm. Again, I went by color. I checked the internal temperature. They warmed up super quick in the oil. Okay and cooked and he devoured he was like where's is there more oh, where's more that's yeah. how i felt yeah so they were still they were good even though they were frozen longer i mean i it was only like an extra day i'm not really sure if you left them in there for like a few weeks and then wanted to find how they would be right but they were fully frozen and they were that's still awesome okay yummy. that's great that's to know yeah. mm-hmm. wow Aaron, it's your turn <laughs> <laughs> She looks like she doesn't know what to say. I don't even know what to say. I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. I didn't get around. I bought a brie cheese and I was just going to dump your bacon jam on top and bake it up and make a baked brie. Yum. I haven't done that yet. So I feel like I have this treat waiting for me and I'm so Mm -hmm. excited about it. (laughs) What a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because I gave you a little extra jam. I didn't want you to have to try to pick it out of the sandwich just in case you wanted to like have it just on its own just in case idea because we might of course or maybe you just wanted an extra (laughs) little bit of jam to eat with a spoon because that's not unusual no that's what i did yeah Mm. yeah exactly i know i'm i'm it took a lot of self-discipline to get to the point where that i where i have brie and jam waiting for me i haven't eaten it yet that's amazing i am shocked that the jam didn't have maple syrup in it because tasted sweet and I don't know. I think Maybe it was the just bourbon. the bourbon in there. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But yeah, with that chicken, so good. And my chicken came to me hot and fresh. Heather came and it was still warm <laughs> in the package. And I was like, well, it's really nice to see you, but I'm going to go eat this now. <laughs> yeah, she kind of grabbed it and ran away. I was like, hi, Get out. thanks, <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs> yeah, no, that was delicious. That was really, I don't think I've ever had a fried chicken like that before it was really moist i was, it was so the, yes the the meat was really moist yeah. and the outside was really crispy and light which is what korean batter is like it's that yeah it's not oh. super thick there's it's not like a crunchy there's no breading on it you know no. it's like it sort of just cr- crisps the outside of the meat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah i thought it was so interesting it's like adding a skin to it that you've crisped up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Great, great, great way of describing I, it, Erin. I'm thinking of it in akin to the chicken skins that Heather and I mm. ate. And it's just, it's that crispy, thin tastiness. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. How much oil did it take to do? I think the recipe in the book said like eight cups or something. I didn't measure it, of course. I did just enough to like almost cover the chicken okay and yeah. i flipped it yeah yeah it okay. wasn't quite enough to 
to totally submerge the chicken. It was close. It was bubbling around the chicken and then I just flipped it over. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Then the, you don't have to have like a giant vat of hot oil. So you could probably just do it in a shallow pan pan or a wok and just kind of turn it over. So cool. You had told us about how you could puree your salted lemons if they're looking like they're kind of heading south in your fridge. Right, right. So I had like an extra half a lemon or something in the bottom of a jar and I threw that in my ninja and pureed that up and put them in ice cube trays. And I was that day I was like in the morning, I was flipping out I had um other ice cube trays where I had chicken broth because I always put my chicken broth and make it into cubes and I was popping them out into bags. And I get to this one tray and I'm like this broth looks really weird. It's it's like so opaque. Like why? <laughs> like what is this weird yellow broth? Right. And I so I smelled it. And I'm like, oh no, this is not chicken broth. This is lemons. Oh, right. The smell, like it. I don't know what it does by freezing it, pureeing it, and freezing it. But holy cow, that smelled like the best thing I've ever smelled. Oh, you think <laughs> like, it, it it smelled more intense almost? Yeah, sweeter. Oh, okay. lemony it smelled like lemon pie like it was just Mm. oh my god so then i was like well i took a couple of the cubes put them in a bowl and just left them sitting on my counter because i'm like i'm gonna do something with i don't know what to do with that but i want to eat it like it smells so good and then when i was making the sandwiches it was sitting there and i was like hmm so i just mixed a little mayo with a little lemon probably Mm. 50 50 and then just put a very little bit on the sandwich i wasn't sure what it was kind of gonna do to this so i didn't want to do too much yeah. Because I wanted to, the bacon to be the star, but it was really good. Great. I mean, the mayo has to go with that chicken and the bacon. It has yeah. to. Like, I think that's a really good condiment. And yeah, great idea with the salted lemons. That's what I do for my potato salad. Mm-hmm. I put mayo and um, salted lemons in it. Mm, well, try pureeing it and yeah. see what you think. Yeah. And yes. the pickle on there was super good too. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the kind of person that that I need to have a pickle on every sandwich that I Yeah, have. I like pickles on sandwiches too. Yeah, I always feel like it's missing if there's not something, mm-hmm. especially with something that rich. And... A little like coleslaw would have been good on there too. Ooh, yeah. Even yes. With, even yeah. with the bacon? With the, like, I wasn't with the sure. Mixed in with the mayo and the salted mm-hmm. lemons? Totally. Yeah. I didn't know mm-hmm. what I didn't want to go to like put too much stuff on there with the bacon jam because I wasn't sure how it would all go. But now that we've eaten it, I think you could if you like creamy coleslaw on your chicken sandwich, I think it would go with the bacon jam. Uh, Heather, I did want to ask. So how much bacon jam did you end up making from that recipe? Oh, yeah. I think I ended up with about not quite two cups of jam. OK. Hmm. OK. And that so, was a pound of bacon. Yeah. Okay. So it actually cooks down quite a bit quite a bit okay i felt like you probably could do more onion okay yeah it only had one onion okay i think you could probably double the amount of onion and just Mm -hmm. make it good like you could make it go a little farther yeah right no i think this is like i mean summer's coming burger season this is like a must on your burgers like it doesn't even have to be a chicken burger it could be Uh, any burger exactly yeah but if you're making the chicken burgers again make one extra for me please (laughs) my husband was like how often can we eat these like are these super bad for my are you clogging my no 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 these like every week (laughs) yes so like this is so good but I'll definitely be making this again. And I totally want to experiment with the chicken and like Korean chicken then usually has mm-hmm. a sauce. 
like a Korean. Right. Yes. Oh, very delicious sauce. So yeah. I want to, I want to make it again with some of those sauces oh, and a great idea and different spices in the batter for the chicken. Yeah. Like there's all, there's so many different ways that people do it. I got kind of overwhelmed by all the different recipes. Sure. Yeah. Um, so there's lots more that I'd like to try because I thought it was just super tasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, loved it. I didn't say I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> loved it loved it that's so good okay add this to a must do must do in the summer for sure mm-hmm. just to give you more cravings that's what we're here for we're here to inspire in- inspire all the inspire cravings inspire your summer body <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna happen on this podcast but you will be well fed <laughs> happy tummy happy life that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah who needs to fit into a bikini oh no, nobody. no. that's why they make bikinis in different sizes <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're called one piece suits <laughs> and now for the fine print we at three kitchens gratefully acknowledge we are telling these stories in the traditional territories of the treaty seven nations in southern alberta and the metis nation of alberta region three we honor the rich tradition of oral storytellers on this land who have come before us You can find pictures and recipe links on Instagram and Facebook at Three Kitchens Podcast. If you like and subscribe on your podcast player, that helps more people find us. Best crispy chicken sandwich I've ever had, but I haven't had too many crispy chicken sandwiches, so best sandwich I've ever had.